Hi, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about a tree that lures and murders birds for no good reason, why your brain sees opinions you agree with as facts, and how much the tooth fairy is paying these days. Let's satisfy some curiosity. So, Ashley, how much did the tooth fairy pay for your teeth? Oh, gosh, probably a quarter. Probably, you know what? My dad really liked rare coins, so probably like a 50 cent piece or like a dollar coin or something. Those are cool. Yeah. Or like a $2 bill. I never had the $2 bill. He was more into coins. But Mm. yeah, that would be awesome to get under your pillow. Right. I do not remember how much the tooth fairy gave me. Unfortunately. And in case you didn't grow up with a tooth fairy for some reason, or you haven't seen the Disney film of the same name starring The Rock, here's how the tooth fairy works. When your tooth falls out, you put it under your pillow before you go to bed. And when you wake up, there's money there. Wow. Yeah, it's magic. It is literally magic. How much money, though? A new study says the tooth fairy is adjusting for inflation. Of course she is. <laughs> a survey asked baby boomer, Gen X, millennial, and Gen Z participants how much money they've gotten from the tooth fairy over time. And they found it's gone up quite a bit. So people older than 53 made about 69 cents per tooth. I'm guessing this is an average. And and this is when the people older than 53 were children. Sure. Yes. Right. Not 53-year-olds losing teeth and putting them under their pillows. Right, right, right. <laughs> and again, I'm guessing they didn't put two quarters a dime in nickel and four pennies. Right. I think it was an average. So average. So then those in the 39 to 53 year range got $1.39, almost exactly twice as much. It's twice as much plus a penny. Then 24 to 38-year-olds, the next generation, earned about $2.13, which is really close to the same increase seen between those previous two groups. And finally, the six and older set currently losing their teeth, they are raking in an average of $3.25 per tooth. That's the biggest increase between generations, and the increase is more than a dollar. This sounds like gas prices. Like, I feel like my parents (laughs) paid the same amount per gallon that they got for their teeth. Exactly. Now, Delta Dental claims that they are the only organization that's been tracking the rate since 1998. And they say a tooth currently goes for closer to $4.13 and that that's actually not the highest point it's been at. The tooth fairy at one point was paying up to four and a half bucks in the past. They also say the rate of a tooth closely matches up with the S&P 500. Wow. Yeah. So kids losing your teeth, check that S&P 500. (laughs) Maybe you'll profit if we're in the middle of a, a rally. Oh, and where you live also matters. According to a 2015 survey by a different company, a missing molar in Manhattan could pull more than 13 bucks. You can read more <laughs> numbers today. There's, there's actually a bunch more figures we've got on Curiosity.com and on the Curiosity app for Android and iOS. Cody, how good are you, do you think, at sniffing out false information? Well, I know that if I disagree with it, it's wrong. Sure. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I think that's how we all work. Well, a new report says that you might have a hard time sorting out facts because of something called involuntary opinion confirmation. So this basically says that when your brain is exposed to an opinion it agrees with, it automatically slips it into the facts folder of your mental filing cabinet. You have no control over this. It's kind of scary. Oh, good. Yeah. The researchers studied this by using something called the Stroop effect. You might have heard of this. Let's say you read the word green, but it's printed in a different color like orange. When this happens, your brain will have a hard time naming the color of the ink because you've already processed the word green when you read it. So that makes it hard for your brain to shift gears and recategorize the word as orange or whatever color it's printed in. Now, the Stroop effect has a corollary known as the epistemic Stroop effect. Stay with me. That says that when you ask someone to check the spelling or the grammar of a written statement, 
They have a harder time finding mistakes when the statement is factual than when the statement is false. They're actually faster at finding mistakes in a false statement than they are in a true statement. We've talked about the Stroop effect on the show before, right? Yeah, yeah. On Alex Hutchinson's episode. Wow. Yes. Episode 32. Yes, the one on human endurance. Well, according to this new study, that epistemic Stroop effect holds out when people read an opinion they agree with. So when you read an opinion you agree with, you don't find grammar and spelling mistakes as easily as an opinion that you don't agree with, which suggests that your brain just files it away as a real fact. And by the same token, if you read an opinion that you agree with, then you have a harder time finding factual errors in it, not just grammatical errors. Yes, that is absolutely the case. Wow. So it's scary. It's also scary for like editors like me when you're reading an article and you're like, that's a true fact. Then you don't find the spelling errors in it. <laughs> yeah, not so good. Yeah. So if you're managing editor somewhere and you're having your writers write about politics and you want to have it fact checked, then maybe hire two different people that are really extreme on both ends of the political spectrum. Yeah. And have them both proofread it. It'd be really interesting you to might, see. You'd have to hire copy editors based on their political views. Oh, that seems illegal. It seems illegal. Seems very illegal. <laughs> yep. Don't do that, actually. Okay, let's not do that. <laughs> You can read the details of how they conducted the study today on Curiosity.com. But a big takeaway is that psychologists can use this when they're on the lookout for biases. They can tell where there's a bias by looking at which questions a population is fastest at answering. Keep an eye on Curiosity and we'll see where this research leads. All right, Ashley, what's the most brutal plant you can think of? Before I got this job, I probably would have said like a... Venus flytrap? I would have said a Venus flytrap, but we have written <laughs> so the, much. Hold on. For the listener, <laughs> Ashley just just made a mouth with her hand and just opened it and closed and it. And he knew what I was talking about. <laughs> it was, that was a great nonverbal. Wow. But, but we have written about so many brutal plants. There's murder forests and it's awful. What what brutal plant are you going to tell me about today? Well, certainly not the antwives. Oh, no, not the entwives. <laughs> I know what that is now. <laughs> Took you a second, but we got there. No, today we're going to cover the Pisonia tree because it's a brutal plant that kills birds. And as far as we know, for no good reason. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's found in the tropical waters of the Indian and Pacific Oceans. So you don't have to worry about it here in America. But scientists haven't found any actual benefit the tree gets from killing birds. So here's how it works. The tree produces these sticky seed pods that trap insects. So hungry birds see these trapped insects and they get lured in because they want a free lunch. But the tree's seed pods are so sticky, they latch on to any bird that flies into them, which either traps it in the tree's branches or weighs it down so much that it can't fly anymore. So for a while, scientists thought the tree's roots might get some nutrients from the dead birds or that seeds would attach themselves to the birds because they needed to use the corpse as fertilizer to grow. Lovely. Yeah, well, in 2005... Ecologist Alan Berger from the University of Victoria concluded a 10-year study of the tree, and his research showed no obvious benefit to capturing the birds. Birds flying away from the tree with sticky seeds attached did help the tree species spread around a bit, so that's one evolutionary reason. But for the most part, this tree is just kind of a jerk. Please tell your friends they can listen to this podcast as part of their Amazon Echo Flash Briefing. I do that every morning. There you go. Our show is a fun source to mix in with your smart speaker's daily news updates, if we do say so ourselves. So tell your friends. I do listen to us talk every morning. Is that weird? No. All right. Join us again tomorrow for Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ah!